0: John 20, verses 1 through 18, says, On the first day of the week,
1: Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. She went running to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said to them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him.
2: So Peter and the other disciples Started for the tomb, but both were running. The other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloth lying there, but he did not go in.
1: Then Simon Peter came, following okay. him, uh-huh, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus's head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself.
3: The other disciple who had reached the tomb first then also went in, saw and believed, for they did not yet understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying.
4: The Mary stood outside the tomb as she wept and stood to look into the tomb. And she saw the two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her,
0: Lady, how come you stay crying? She told them, because they wouldn't take away my boss, and I don't know where they wouldn't put them.
2: When Mary said this, Who's Mary? When Mary said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there but she did not know that it was jesus
1: woman jesus said to her why are you crying who is it that you're seeking supposing he was the gardener she replied sir if you've carried him away tell me where you've put him and i will take him away jesus said to
2: her mary she turned toward him and cried out teacher
3: Don't cling to me, Jesus told her, since I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father, and to your Father, to my God, and to your God.
4: Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he said those things to her. Yes, yes, and yes!
5: Go ahead and say. I want you guys to answer where you are at your homes, on your phones, on your TVs, wherever it is. Um, just go ahead and answer me. I'm going to say, he is, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Um, let me let me begin um, with our Easter service with a reading from the book of Mark, chapter 15. When the sixth hour came, darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the bystanders heard it, they began saying, behold, he is calling for Elijah. Someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed and gave him a drink saying, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom when the centurion who was standing right in front of him saw the way he breathed his last he said truly this man was
6: Criminals cross Darkness rejoiced His
5: Verse 13 says, But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that also at the revelation of his glory you may rejoice with exultation. Folks, the scripture says that we have been crucified with Christ. Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And in that we share his crucifixion we also share his resurrection from the dead and I hope that that is true for you this morning um, and I just want to encourage you in that as he comes out of the grave so that you may come out of your grave of sin and suffering and shame so continue to sing with us on this resurrection day morning as we sing
6: I was big never pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home here in the power of
7: Morning. We're so glad to have you with us today. We are going to celebrate by giving of our offering now. It's kind of a non-traditional way, but uh, if you've never given online before or learned how to do text giving today, is a great opportunity to learn that. Uh, we had talked about having an opportunity to give at our drive-in service. If you're listening to this and then coming to the drive-in service at 1030, we will not be setting the bins outside, as we had said, because uh, we... Uh, there's a threat of rain so that's all i can say about that but anyway we uh we trust that uh that you'll find a way to make sure that you are able to share your offering but uh if you would let's just take a moment and we'll pray and ask god to bless our offering today father we just thank you god so much for how great and amazing you are lord what an awesome day this is to celebrate your resurrection and it doesn't matter where we are doesn't matter what conditions we're under doesn't matter. Lord, what our circumstances are, nothing changes the fact that you have risen from the dead, that you are alive today. And Lord, may we just celebrate that today. And Lord, just enjoy worshiping you. For we pray it in Jesus' most holy name. Amen.
1: Hey, thanks for helping me get this ready. My kids love Easter.
0: (laughs) Who doesn't love
5: Easter, am I right?
1: Yeah, that's true. But if you think about it, leading up to that first Easter, Jesus had it pretty rough.
0: Wow, I never really thought of that. (laughs) I wonder what ever happened to that guy. Well,
1: you know, he he died on the cross.
0: You sure about that? No, no, that's a different guy. I'm thinking of the Jesus that, uh, what's his last
1: name? No, 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 no. It's the same guy. Really? Yeah.
0: Wow. I just never connected the two together before. Jesus on a cross. I wonder what ever happened to that guy. Uh,
1: He, uh, he came back to life. (sighs) Three days later. What? Yeah. Wait, we're still talking about tomb Jesus.
0: That's the same guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He died on the cross for our sins. No, no, that's a different Jesus. No, 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 no. Same one. Died on the cross. Was buried in the tomb. Came back to life. And now he sits at the right hand of God. Wait. Cross Jesus is the same as right hand of God Jesus? Yeah. Not separate Jesus's. There's no separate Jesus's.
0: I just never put them all together before. It's still, it's still one guy. Wait, you understand what this means, don't you? One guy did all of that? I mean, that changes history, that changes everything. That is big.
1: He deserves more than just jelly beans for his birthday.
0: Honey is this no. the same.
7: morning <laughs> the few faces there are a handful of people in the band that are here this morning but I'm gonna tell you it has been uh, this is one of those Easter Sundays last year was our first Sunday I think ever in ministry that we didn't have a sunrise service and I greatly appreciated that fact so we thought we'd try to bend the difference by this year we have a nine o'clock service and uh, and then we'll have a 10:30 service. So uh, true to fa- true to form, I think for many 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 years we did two services. We've done two or more services on Easter Sunday. So technically, this is our first two worship service Sunday at First Baptist Jackson. So we're excited about that. I hope you're excited about that as well. We are in a series called Finding Jesus. Now we put out a little. Uh, commercial uh advertising this day hope you if you if you came today if you're watching us today as a result of just a facebook advertisement we really appreciate you just saying hey i am here for the first time we love for people to uh tag our our facebook page uh first baptist jackson uh missouri's facebook page and um and let us know that you are watching us for the first time so that we can uh, reach out to you or just say hi or just say thank you or just know you're out there it's a great word of encouragement so let us know if you are watching us for the first time as a result of just learning about us on social media and we are this morning's very different because we're doing this service and right after we get done with this we're going to meet in the parking lot live at 1030 and uh, we have a setup where you can listen to us on 95.3 FM. Uh, somebody asked us if they tune their radio station in at home if they would get us, and I said no, that's not how radio works. But the uh, uh, it will just transmit right to our parking lot. And so if you're here, you tune in to 95.3 FM, and we'll be able to listen to the service. And Daniel will be leading us in worship, and we'll be preaching the same message. So if you are thinking, "Boy, I'd rather be in the parking lot listening to this, watching him outside." In this weather uh, and uh, preaching in a suit in person, uh, then just get ready. Uh, you can wear your pajamas to the live stream. We prefer you not wear your pajamas to the in-person uh, event. But to, even though you'll be in your car, I guess if you have tinted windows, it really doesn't matter. But finding Jesus is the name of our series, and uh, this message will be the same as the message I'm going to preach in the parking lot. So your option: you listen to it twice. Test the differences. I used to have people when we did four services, people would – I had faithful people who would sit through all four services, and they loved to tell me the difference between each of the services. But – so you're welcome to do that this morning. Well, this morning's message is different, and yet it's the same. I have a little um, cartoon on my desk that that, uh, has a little little cartoon that says – has a guy coming out of the church on Easter Sunday – ...and he says, well, Rev, you're in a rut. Every time I come here, you always preach about the resurrection. And, um, and that is true. Every year on this time, we preach the same similar message. Not the same scripture, not the same content, but the same topic. And that is we are talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as we've been talking about finding Jesus, we've been talking about finding him in the garden. We've been talking about finding him on the cross... And this week, it's kind of just builds up in this expectation, not, it's not the end of the series, but it, it comes to this moment where now we, we have seen him crucified, but we go to the tomb and he is not there. And it is an incredible story. And if you got to see the beginning of the broadcast, you got to see different people reading through John chapter 20, verse 1 through 18, and sharing the story uh, in their own way. And uh, and we I, I are so appreciative of that. Uh, we um, we uh, we have a unique opportunity to tell people about something that they don't believe. That just is simply – really, at the base of it, it's simply unbelievable. I mean, when people die, they – stay dead and and this is not just a miracle of somebody coming back from the dead this is a resurrection where someone comes back from the dead and never dies again only one person has ever done this and it is jesus we wait for the final resurrection where We all will be resurrected. He is the first fruits of the resurrection. He is is the first one to do this. He is the first one to receive a glorified body that lasts forever. He promises that we all will receive a glorified body. When he returns again, the dead in Christ will rise first. Those Those of us who are still alive will rise to meet them in the air. And then we all will receive new bodies and we all will live forever just as he lives forever today. He has a body in one place in space and time. He has a human body somewhere in the universe. He is. He is. And, uh, and so we celebrate that fact today and long for his coming. That's why John ends Revelation with, come quickly, Lord Jesus. We know that God is everywhere. We know that as God, he is omnipresent. He is uh, omn- omnipotent, which means he's all-powerful. But Jesus, the man... Jesus, the man who lived and who has resurrected from the dead, who has his resurrected body—that Jesus is in one place in the world at one time, just as we are in one place. And so we wait to see Him again, and the reality of that resurrection, and knowing the reality of that resurrection. So that's that's the reason why we celebrate today. We we uh, try to reach out to our community yesterday, which is just a, a great opportunity every year. We try to do some type of Easter extravaganza where we invite the community together. And the reason why we invite the community together, we we ha- hide eggs for kids to hunt. We do that uh, because kids love to come out and do that. But when they come, we take advantage of that opportunity and share the story of the resurrection with them. Well, this year we weren't able to do that. So we just kind of threw it out there. Hey, uh, would you like us to bring the story of the resurrection to your home? And, uh, and so, we invited people to that and, and put a little eggs with candy on them and so forth. We had uh, over 250 homes request, over 670 kids who requested a, an Easter package that we delivered. Uh, yesterday and I'm so thankful to our volunteers we had a great effort if you didn't get to participate in that I'm so sorry we were we kind of limited on the number of volunteers we had. we were trying to abide by social distancing and and uh, and trying to make sure it was a a clean and no contact effort uh, and uh, it's for the safety of our community but we were able to get those out and drop them off on people's porches and it was so wonderful to get pictures. If you did get one of those, and you haven't yet taken a picture of your kids holding the stuff, we we love those pictures. And uh, and so that really was such a great encouragement. But God just created that opportunity for us, and and that's the way we have to look at this. Is it's an opportunity. This is an opportunity to see what Jesus showed us then, as we look back at the story, and and today realize we have an opportunity. To believe this, to believe that we are going to be resurrected from the dead and to share with other people this good news. This good news that death is not the final answer. That death is not the end of things. That, the cemetery, that life doesn't end in cemeteries. That life doesn't end. And this is a truth that has been given to us. And we're going to see, as we look in the text today, we're going to see they didn't believe it then. It took Seeing Jesus in person for them to believe—it's not like one person just simply saw him and told everybody else, and they're like, "Oh wow, I believe it." Nobody believed it. Nobody. Jesus had reappeared over and over again. In fact, for forty days he kept appearing to people. And what, why was he doing that? Because they needed to see him in order to believe. And he revealed himself to to over five hundred people uh, at this time, so that there would be many, many witnesses of his resurrection. But let's take a moment and we'll pray, and then we're going to look at this text and see what God shows us, how we can find Jesus out of the tomb. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, God, for your grace. Lord, I thank you for your people. I thank you for, Lord, just so many people who are just impassioned by you. Lord, you've transformed our lives. You've, you've put your spirit within us. And, Lord, I'm so thankful for the people ...who have risen up to the occasion and who have looked for this as an opportunity to serve others... ...have has looked at this as an opportunity to communicate the love of Christ... ...have looked at this as an opportunity to share with the world that we serve a risen Lord... ...and that is not something we just do on this day. Lord, we come together on the first day of the week to worship you... ...because you rose from the dead on the first day of the week. That's We don't do it once a year. We do it every week. And Lord, may we continue to celebrate that you are the risen lord lord may we continue to celebrate who you are in jesus name amen well we start by looking at the story and realize that there were low expectations jesus had said he was going to die jesus had said he was going to rise again but it wasn't clicking with people it wasn't registering. It wasn't on their radar that this was something that really was going to happen until it happened. So after he had been crucified, after all their dreams had been crushed and so forth, on watching him die on the cross, uh, they weren't they weren't celebratory. They weren't anxiously anticipating this amazing resurrection. They were they were just thinking this was it. It's now we had a good run and now it's over and so they just were simply waiting to see i mean they were just living life living life as if nothing's going to happen i think this is where the church is so often i think when i think the reason why i, I say this today i'm looking at a bunch of empty seats a handful of people here but uh but uh, i i i think the reason why even when our churches can meet that there is an abundance of empty seats is because people have really low expectations of god even the people in the seats have very low expectations of god we're shocked when we hear stories of his work and his grace we are shocked when we see that he has done something that when he's answered a prayer that we've been praying diligently or fervently and stunned when we see things i mean and we hear something miraculous it's just simply unbelievable we just have a hard time digesting that these things could happen why because we have low expectations of god our god is very small practically in fact many theologians say that christians are practical atheists. Uh, most of us And that means in our everyday life we live as though He's not real. We even come to church, listen to messages, go home, do the things that we do, not believing that any of it is real. Not believing that any of it is real. Now, obviously there are some to do, but but I know there's some out there right now. You're watching the service and you're doing it because that's what you're supposed to do. We wake up on Easter we. Are on easter sunday and we go to church or we listen to a religious service because that's what we're supposed to do it's a religion but we really don't expect anything to happen we we understand that jesus was really good we understand that he was crucified and then we get to that part about the resurrection and it all gets kind of fuzzy because really people don't come back from the dead That's why when you go to funerals, most funerals are sad occasions. That's why most of us are terrified of death. When this time comes around, it's not that, I'm not trying to ask anybody to be careless, Um, but I have made this observation about the mask thing. I'm just gonna highlight that. The CDC said, you wear a mask to prevent other people from getting sick. Meaning you may be a carrier of the virus and by wearing a mask, you help prevent other people from getting infected. But what I've discovered in just casual conversations with people is a lot of people are wearing masks thinking it's going to protect them from getting the disease. Now, why are they – because this is a, a time when a lot of people switch into a, a self-preservation mode. Now, as believers, we should. I think wear masks mask in public or when we went out and delivered things, the reason why we wore masks mask is because we're trying to offer protection to the people we're serving. But we shouldn't be doing it we're afraid be, and not, not that you shouldn't take precautions obviously i think you should be washing your hands i think there should be social distancing i think there should be a uh, a bottle of germex everywhere one's available there's one sitting here on the thing and i'll use it later uh after touching this i don't know who else. Anyway, I'm kidding. Uh, but the um but the thing is is this if you're afraid to die if you're terrified of covid 19 fear, if when you watch the news, if you're afraid of what's going to happen to the economy, if you're afraid that the government's going to make a decision that's going to mess your life up completely, if you're afraid of what's going to happen with your job, if you're afraid of what's going to happen with your family, if you're afraid of what's going to happen after all this is over, if, you're, if you were afraid before all this began, I'm just going to say to you very directly, you have very low expectations of God. You're in good company. Because all the initial followers of Christ had low expectations of God. Look in John chapter 20, verse 1. It says, On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she gets there. And and again, when we're reading through the Gospel of John, it's not going to read like the other Gospels john is highlighting the details he thinks are important that haven't already been highlighted and so he's he's telling it from his perspective he was there and so he's saying she went to the tomb while it was still dark now we know that they went to they prepared some things to they weren't able to do what you do with a dead body after he was crucified because it was a holy day so they waited ...until after the holy day was over, and then they came back to the tomb, which was early on Sunday morning. Saturday was the Sabbath, and so early Sunday morning, uh, while it was still dark, she got to the tomb. And then she saw the stone had been removed from the tomb. The stone is about this tall and, uh, and this wide, and, and it was kind of came off a little ramp. They had it held up here, and once they put the body inside, they rolled the stone down, and it covered the thing, kind of set in place very heavy it was hard to move you had to have multiple people move it and so she would have had to have there would have been multiple of them to try to roll the stone back up the thing in order to get inside and so I'm, that was something that would have been running through her head but she gets there and the stone is gone and so this causes her alarm but notice it's not going to be the thing you think you and i are thinking oh he's risen that's not their first thought So she went running to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. That's the Apostle John. He always refers to himself as the one Jesus loved. That's another message for another time. And said to them, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. Immediately, she believes somebody has stolen the body of Jesus. And we don't know where they put his body body. At that Peter and the other disciples went out heading for the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple, out, which is John, outran Peter and got to the tomb first. So he this he is sharing his eyewitness account. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then following him, Simon Peter also came. He entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. You see Peter is not afraid to go inside the wrapping that had been on his on the wrapping that had been on his head was not lined with the linen cloth but was folded up in a separate place by itself the other disciple who had reached the tomb first then also went in saw and believed for they did not yet understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying now, I've heard so many sermons about this over the years. and I've heard so many people go into detail about the folding of the linen cloth and, and all these different hyper details. But be very careful here and not to miss what is being said. Jesus is not where we think he is. He's where he says he is. Jesus is not where we think he is. He's where he says he is they think he's been stolen they are not going in and going oh my goodness look he was like a carpenter and so he a carpenter would fold his apron after he's done. they're not thinking these things they're not saying things like this they're not going in and going oh look there's the cloth, and this is how everything oh my goodness look here's where jesus laid and angels and so forth and this is a reproduction of the uh, the mercy seat of the ark of the covenant and so forth and let's all capture this moment and peter is like it's amazing he did just exactly none of that they go in instant thought he's been stolen obviously he's dead and his body's not here when you go to a grave grave site and where you buried a body the body should still be there and if it's not there what happened somebody stole the body now that's exactly how we all think right and it's exactly how they thought here's what i want you to see Sometimes that's still how we think today. We even have the revelation here. We even have the word telling us what's going to happen. And we're still stuck here. Again, because we have a low expectation of God. We So many times I counsel with people and they'll say things like, yeah, 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 I know I know we're all going to be healed in the final days or whatever and so forth. But right now, do you see what's going on right now? Do you see the pain we're in right now? Do you see the difficulty we're in right now? Do you see our situation right now? Obviously, we have a reason to panic. Obviously, we have a reason to be upset. Obviously, we have a reason to be sad and frustrated and mad or whatever. It's only obvious if you have a very low expectation of god if you really believe god is up in heaven wringing his hands going "Oh my this is bad this is really bad as if god is looking at your situation and saying oh man i wish i could do something to help you but this this virus thing oh it's got us all bummed as if god is thinking I wonder where this started. As if he's leading his own investigation to see if China started it or not. It doesn't matter to God where it started, right? He knows where it started. He knows how it came about. He knew it was going to come about before the dawn of time. It doesn't mess his plan up. It is a part of his plan. And that's hard for some of us to wrap our heads around. It's like, what? God expected this to happen? He knew it would happen. He worked it in to his plan to bring about the good that he is going to accomplish. His mission is still being fulfilled just like it was here. Just because you're looking at the circumstances and you think, oh, God must be absent or Jesus isn't here or Jesus must be over in this other country that's doing so much better than us or Jesus must be over in this other state that's doing so much better than us. Jesus is never where we think he is. He's where he says he is. And the only way we know where he says he is is by reading in his word where he reveals that he is. And when we see where he says he is, when we see the truth about where he is, then we just simply believe it in faith. But there's a problem. And it's two things, misdirection and misinformation. You see, there's an enemy. And it's not the political party that's opposite of yours. It's not a country that you have a real bad beef with. It's not people of other worldview persuasions. It's the enemy of God. The enemy that's always been the enemy. From the Garden of Eden to now, Satan has always been the enemy. And he always infects people with lies and deception. He gives us bad information. And he misdirects us. He he gets us to look at things we're not supposed to be looking at. He gets our attention off of what it is that God has said. And that's what he's doing to everybody. Right? There, there needs to be a sobering moment in everybody's life routinely throughout the day. Where you just go, stop. Did God actually say what I'm thinking right now? Does this have any element of truth to it whatsoever? I don't know if you've ever been panicked before but um uh, well i'm just i was gonna say my i just gotta throw this in here because my four-year-old granddaughter said it and it just uh, it resonates um she said that she was excited about today because today is a day that jesus comes back from the dead <laughs> and uh and it's like close it's not the day he comes back from the dead because he's already come back from the dead uh it's the day when we celebrate that he came back from the dead and then he's alive today I don't know if that has any reference to where I'm going with this, but I, I just liked the quote. Um, but here is what happens more often than not. We are going about our daily lives, and we see something on the news. And we see in the news, and then all of a sudden, it's like, I, I, don't, know if, I don't know if you've been suffering this anxiety. Somebody posted a while back, I'm constantly fluctuating between thinking I'm overreacting and underreacting, and many times I'm doing that at the same time. I'm simultaneously underreacting and overreacting to everything. You know, it's easy to say I'm a person of faith. I'm not afraid of germs and all these different things. And then all of a sudden, you see somebody cough in their hand and touch something, and you're looking at that what like they touched or whatever, and you're like, "I'm don't touch that. I don't know. You know, you're, you see that cough? I was getting milk the other day, and um, you know, in in Walmart where it's kind of a everybody wants milk. And and you know how we used to hover at the milk place and you're and you kind of because there was plenty of milk so you would really spend a lot of time but now since there's so little milk you don't can't just run up and grab it because you ha- can't remember what the other labels mean I know mine 2% is blue and so I just go get the blue one but when all the blue ones are gone I don't know what the other one's on so I'm trying to figure out how do I rush up here and get it and am I going to have to get the half gallon I have to look at the prices so, but that's not a rush thing it's kind of a hovering thing and other people are doing the same thing they're kind of moving and it's like they're, they're losing that that six-foot space, you know, so we're all converging on the same place. So it's kind of like your back, your back, your back. It's like window of opportunity, and you go. And so I'm there, and I'm looking, scanning the milk or whatever, and then I'm in my milk scanning mode. And bless this guy's heart, older gentleman behind me has allergies or something going on, and he is hacking and coughing, and I can feel the cough, you know – I don't know if I really was feeling it, but I thought I could feel it. Hitting the back of my neck or whatever and on my ears. I'm thinking, how am I going to get Germex all over this? You know, I'll do all this thing and I'm going to wash all this or whatever. And so you just feel it. And it's like – and so in this moment, I have to stop and think, has God forgotten me? (laughs) Why is he allowing this to happen to me? Why is he allowing this guy to cough and hack all over me? I'm going to get the disease and die because I need – and now I'm blaming my wife because she need, I don't even drink milk. She's the one who wanted the milk. She told me to get it, and now I'm going to die because she can't eat her Lucky Charms without milk. And so I'm – so this is now my family's at fault for this. This guy's at fault for this. Ultimately, God's at fault for this. And all these thoughts are rushing through my head in an instant. Those are the times when you have to stop and go, wait a second. God has the power – To raise people from the dead. He has power over the entire universe. He put the stars in place. He created the planets. He he controls the atmosphere. He literally controls every molecule in existence. Everything that's coming out of that guy, God has the power to move it wherever he wants it to go and protect me if he so chooses. And if the virus, he allows the virus to get through, he can cure me if he so chooses. If the virus kills me, he has the power to bring me back from the dead and still use me in this life if he so chooses. And he's promised that if it does kill me and he doesn't bring this body back, he's promised that he will give me a new body that will live forever that will never be infected by disease and will never die. Worst case scenario, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done with this job, and I get my new home for all eternity, where I don't have to deal with any of this anymore. That's the worst case scenario? No, it's not the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is suffering is staying here and having to work through it and not having faith in god the worst case scenario is that i believe the lie the worst case scenario for me is that i believe the lie and i become ineffective for the rest of my life the worst case scenario for those who don't believe is that they never believe They never put their trust in Jesus. They never believe that God raises people from the dead. They never see the truth of what he's saying. And then they are separated from him for all eternity. That's the worst case scenario. Now how do we know these things? These are the things that he reveals through his word. These things are the truth. These are the things, the misinformation and the misdirection that Satan is constantly trying to do in our lives. He's trying to get us to stop thinking about what God clearly says. Because it takes us, for believers, it takes us off mission. For believers, it hinders us from continuing to share the gospel with people. For believers, misinformation and misdirection keeps us from loving people as Jesus loves us. Misinformation and misdirection hinders us from fulfilling the Great Commission misinformation and misdirection gets us moving in places where Jesus doesn't want us to go for unbelievers it keeps people in darkness for people who have not trusted in him it keeps them dead and that's why he does it look at what happens here in verse 11 but Mary stood outside the tomb crying See, this is, we celebrate on Easter. They're still stuck on Good Friday. They're still stuck in crucifixion mode. They're still stuck in he's dead and now the body's gone mode. Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she was crying, she stooped to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting where Jesus' body had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. Now, I will stop. And say like i said they don't know this right now we know this john knows this so he's pointing it out to you the two angels one at the head one at the feet the reason why he's including this he's trying to show this is why when god had moses build the ark of the covenant he put an angel on one end and an angel on the other if you've ever seen raiders of the lost ark which is the closest reference we have to the ark of the covenant for most of us one angel on one end, one angel on the other, with the mercy seat in between. The mercy seat is where they would prepare the sacrifice, and they would take the blood of the sacrifice, and they pour the blood on the mercy seat, and the law is inside the box. The blood is here, the Shekinah glory in the Holy of Holies would shine above the mercy seat. And so the representation was here are the two angels holding up the mercy seat with the blood sacrifice in between. And as God would look at the broken law inside the box, the, the broken covenant, the covenant the people not received, it was covered by the blood of the sacrifice to show that it had been atoned for. It had been paid for so that they, their guilt was removed. And this is what they would do on the Day of Atonement. They would put the blood on this mercy seat. And here, the reason why they're doing that is because God's giving them a picture. He's like, this is how sin is going to be paid for someday. So now, over a thousand thousand years later, you have Jesus sacrificed, angel on one side, angel on the other, and him. He is the mercy seat he is the place of mercy so when god looks at us the covenant with us between us and god is jesus the covering for our sin our our sins have been atoned for that's the truth about what has happened and so that's what john is sharing here that's what mary sees as she looks inside not even understanding what she has seen on. They said to her, woman, why are you crying? You see, the angels aren't misdirected. The angels don't have misinformation. They're like, why are you crying? Do you not see what's happened? Do you not see that this is it? The fulfillment of your people for hundreds of years telling the story about how God delivered you out of Egypt and how he prepared this Holy of Holies, how he prepared this Ark of the Covenant and this promise to the people and how the promise was broken yet he he prepared the Holy of Holies, the priest would go in and prepare the sacrifice and now this has been fulfilled it has been completed now you see the final sacrifice has taken place no more blood has to be shed no more animals have to be killed this is done it is completed Your sins are forgiven. They are not just forgiven. They are paid for. Your guilt has been removed. So why are you crying? And she says, because they've taken away my Lord, she told him, and I don't know where they've put him. Having said this, she turned around, and saw Jesus standing there but she did not know it was Jesus misdirection misinformation Jesus is right in front of her face and she still can't see him woman Jesus said to her why are you crying who is it that you're seeking is that not an incredible question when you're when you and I are upset when the when the disciples are panicked in the boat in the storm and they're freaking out Jesus is looking at them with incre- with an incredulous look. It's like who do you want here right now who do you need. When the 5,000 need to be fed, and he says, I need you to feed these, and they're looking at Jesus incredulously, like, what are you talking about? He's looking at them incredulously, like, who are you looking for? What do you need? Now, hear this. When you are crying, when you are stressed, when you are anxious, when you are worried about your situation, when you're wringing your hands and saying, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What am I going to do? When you're asking these questions, Jesus is asking you. Who are you looking for? Who are you seeking? Would, why are you looking for something more than what is right in front of you? I'm just going to make a I always slam on the lottery a little bit, but I'm going to slam on the lottery for just a moment here. Because people still do it. I'm still amazed that we still play the lottery as Christians. And if you're not a Christian and you don't play and you play the lottery, uh, well, you know, you're a Christian or uh, you're a sinner. We expect sinners to sin. And get where you got to pass there. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ, you should stop. And here's why. What are you looking for? Are you hoping at the end of a rainbow there's a pot of gold because you think the pot of gold will save you? Are you hoping that the president's going to come on TV and say something that's going to save you? Are you hoping Congress will pass a bill that will save you? Are you hoping the UN will meet and come up with something that will save you? Are you hoping that a scientist in some lab somewhere in the world is going to come out and the, and the, the paper is going to have a headline? We're all saved because of what the scientists did. When you watch the news, when you talk to people, when you search online, when you're reading books, when you're listening to sermons, what are you looking for? Who are you looking for? What are you seeking? What you need is right in front of your face. Supposing he was the gardener, she replied, sir, if you've carried him away... Tell me where you've put him, and I will take him away. I, I'm convinced that's that's how we come to church so often. I'm convinced when we listen to sermons, that's what God just whoever you are, I'm talking to. Just tell me what I need to do to fix this. I it's all messed up. It's all it's all ruined. My life is all completely trashed. You just tell me what I need to do. I'll do it and fix it and and let's just get out of here. I've seen so many people come to church like that. It's all messed up. It's all ruined. It's not going to work. This is configuration or whatever. Somebody's moved this. Somebody's messed up this. There's a stain on that. Or we've got this all messed up. Or this power's not working. Or this isn't going to happen. Or these, like, oh, okay, this is whatever. He sang that song. Oh, my goodness. He sang that song. Now everything's messed up forever. And how are we going to fix it? Just tell me what I needed to fix it, and I'll put it back where it needs to be. We do that. That's what we're doing. We're looking at God saying, just tell me what I need to do, and I will fix it. Because we're so exasperated, we're so stressed that we really believe the weight of the world is on our shoulders, that this is not – I'm telling you, we still have this low expectation. We still have this misdirected and misinformation. Jesus has not been taken from us. He's where he says he is. And then finally, here's what you do turn around turn around (laughs) when you are not doing what he said to do believing what he said to believe when you are not where you need to be that means you are going away from god stop going that direction and here there's a little um I've joked about this before, and I hope my mom's watching because I'm going to use her in illustration here. I got into my mom's car one time, and my mom – my dad always had cars that didn't work, and my mom continues that uh, wonderful uh, legacy to drive cars that don't work, just as our family thing. And so I get into her car, and she has two cars so that she can have one repaired while the other one is still limping along. And then when this one breaks down, she takes it to get repaired and then drives the other one limping along. So anyway, this is that's our life. So I get into her car, and immediately on the dashboard I notice electrical tape. Why does she have black electrical tape on her dashboard? She's covering up the lights that show that something is wrong with the engine or something else. All those little warnings or whatever. Just put electrical that's not going to go out, obviously, so I'm just going to cover it over with electrical tape. And uh, because she just gets tired of seeing the warning. I think she does that because it's the perfect sermon illustration for her son of what we do all the time. When we are walking away from God, when we are not doing what he says, he sends anxiety, stress, worry, fear, crying all the time. All this, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Or I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. All these things those are the red light in your life going, you are going the wrong direction. You need to stop going this way. You need to stop thinking this way. Stop proceeding with the thinking you got and turn around and see that Jesus is right there. And here's what he is showing us here and what he has what you should know you know I'm trying to make it simple for you I'm breaking it down <laughs> explain it to me like I'm a five year old so here it is we have in our mind that we get away from God and then we come to our senses and we turn around and we go Whew, now I gotta walk seven miles back to God so it's back this way back this way back this way it's so hard to get back to God that's not the case when you've gone away from God And you turn around, he's right there. He's going to walk you back the direction you need to go. He's going to take you. There is no part of this where you are supposed to do it alone. There is no part of this where it rests on your shoulders. He says, he's like, hey, 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 Troy, 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 tap, 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 turn around, turn around, turn around. And we're like, leave me alone, gardener. Leave me alone. I've got this. I've got to get this done. Leave me alone. I don't know who you are, but leave me alone. And we tap around and we turn around and go, oh, it's Jesus. And he's like, okay. Now he says, come to me, you weak and heavy laden human being, and walk with me. I will carry the load. You just have to go the direction I'm going. And then the burden will be light. Do you know how we know we're walking the direction Jesus would have us to go? Because the burden is light. Look in verse 16. Jesus said to her, this is her tap on the shoulder, Mary. Turn it around. She said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus told her, since I have not yet ascended. <laughs> That's such a COVID-19 reference, isn't it? Six feet of distance, Mary. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just, I couldn't pass that up. Uh, <clears throat> uh, don't cling to me, Jesus told her, since I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. I I literally think he's saying to her, don't cling to my physical body right now. Some people – it could be don't touch me because I'm I'm not yet glorified or whatever, however theologically you want to work this out. But at the moment, he's like, this is not the time to hold on to me, this physical form. I need you – go on and tell people that I'm alive. Now you have the truth. Now you have – now you – there's no more misinformation. There's no more misdirection. Now your expectations are going to be raised greatly. And she said, Mary Magdalene, go to my brothers and tell them that I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Hear I saying that? You've been restored. It's not just my Father right now, it's your Father. It's not just my God, it's your God. You've been restored into fellowship with the Father. So Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he said to her. And here is all you and I have to do for the rest of our lives. Tell people what Jesus tells us. What greater way to show his love, what greater way to love people than to simply give them the truth that has been shared with you about who he is. And here is The truth He is Risen He is Risen Do you believe this I've been to the Holy Land one time years ago After the first Gulf War They were I was in Christian radio And they were paying for broadcasters To come over to the Holy Land And they were doing this Because they wanted us to come back And tell people it was safe we got to go to the garden tomb, and we go inside, and I kid you not, we all went inside, and we and we and we slipped into the mis- misinformation, misdirection thing. We, we started wondering if they found any evidence of Jesus in the tomb, if that's how they knew it was here, and they – he goes outside, and we're all sitting there. And he's explaining to us why you don't find why there's no evidence of anybody inside the tomb. And he closes the door, and on it says, "He is not here, for he is risen." And I remember in that moment, thinking, "I have heard that my whole life. I have talked about it. I say the words. I share the scripture. I I try to communicate to others." That's just it I say it all the time. You see it all the time. We all say we color pictures and we draw things and so forth. We all are like, yeah, of course, he is risen. But I remember in that moment, it was like like God saying it. Like his word became alive in my head, in my heart. But Troy. I am risen. I'm not here in the holy land. You're not gonna you you did not come on this journey to find me. When you fly all the way back, back home, I'm still the risen Lord. Whether you're in Jackson, Missouri, whether you're in New York City, whether you're in you, you can be in Jerusalem, you can be in China. It doesn't matter where you are. Truth remains the same. He is risen and when he comes back he's coming back for all of us do you believe this do you believe it do you believe he has risen from the dead if you don't believe it obviously i wouldn't expect you to be christian or to follow christ or to go to church wouldn't expect you to give money and and to participate in ministry and all these different things wouldn't expect you to do anything if you didn't believe he was risen from the dead. You shouldn't. That would be crazy. It's not worth it. But he is. And so it is worth it. It is worth my life giving it up. It is worth me laying down whatever it was I was planning to do. It is worth stopping whatever direction I was going and turning around and seeing the risen Lord. If you don't see him, if you don't believe him, If you don't know him, then you haven't been changed by him. You still need the truth. You still need the revelation. You still need the Holy Spirit. So turn around and say, God, I want to see you. I want to know you. Reveal yourself to me. And it comes from faith. It comes from turning around. It comes from looking in his word and saying, I see him. I believe him how do you show that you believe him you obey him you do what he says you get baptized you pray to him you love others as he loves us you follow him and today you have the opportunity to do that put your trust in him believe him, trust him follow him know him and then tell other people that you've seen him. Pray with me. Father, we just thank you, God, for the grace that you Lord, I thank you that you made yourself real to me. I thank you that I can tell people I've seen Jesus. Now, I have not got to see your physical body. Let me – you know that. I know that. Let me just clarify that to everybody. Lord, I've not seen your physical body. I've seen you in the word. You revealed yourself to me through the Bible. Through the words, your Holy Spirit gave me faith to believe what I was reading is true. And I know you through the word that you wrote for us. Lord, and I know that as you did that for me, you will do it for others. Lord, you will give them faith, eyes to see, a heart to believe, a mind that can embrace your truth. And it all hinges on this one thing that we believe that you are who you say you are. You are the Messiah. You are the one who came as a baby, who lived a sinless life, who died on a cross and who rose from the dead and is alive today. We believe this in Jesus' name. Amen. amen my prayer for you today is that you realize that you can just turn around by just right where you are right at home right in your living room or on your phone or wherever you are that right now you just close your eyes and say Jesus I put my trust and my faith in you if you did that today if you said I, I'm tired of worrying I'm trying to I'm tired of stressing I'm tired of, of walking away from Christ I, I'm gonna turn toward him and walk with him. If you did that, reach out to us this week. You can uh, look us up on our website, uh, fbcj.us, and, and, uh, and send a post a message on YouTube or Facebook or wherever. You can find a way to do that. Just reach out to us and communicate, and we'll reach back and, and try to show you what next steps to take in your faith journey. But thank you for being with us. We have something special for you now if you're at home watching the live stream and you're not sitting out in the parking lot. We have, we have something special for you in that we have a couple of different children's oriented videos. So if your kids have fallen asleep or they've left the room or they're playing or distracted, as soon as I pray us out of here, we're going to have again a couple of different easter uh, focused videos for the kids uh first one explaining about easter and second one talking going through the resurrection eggs when you see my wife and my grandchildren in the video you'll know that's the last one so uh so anyway that uh that's coming right now so don't go away uh let's pray and then go get the kids and we got something special for them so pray with me father we just thank you god for how great and amazing you are thank you that you are the risen lord Thank you for any decisions that were made. Father, I pray that all hearts, Lord... Even those who've been following you forever, Lord, if we recognized any fear or anxiousness creeping into our lives, Lord, that today is the day to proclaim that we believe that you are the risen Lord and worthy of following and worthy of our faith and worthy of our trust. And Lord, rise up in a spirit of power that only you can give us, Lord. And may we be faithful to do what you've called us to do. Lord, for those who are turning to you for the first time, Father, may they now embrace this new life. May they embrace this newfound faith. And, Father, reach out to to us or to whoever, Lord, to be discipled. Lord, we all need to be discipled, trained and equipped to follow you in faith. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Now, I hope you're having fun so far. We're celebrating because today is Easter. And if you don't know the whole story of Easter, that's okay. Today we'll talk about what makes today, maybe more than any other day, a happy day. But before we get there, I know you have a lot of family and friends who would love to hear from you. And to make that happen, you have a few options. Pause this video and pick one of the challenges on the screen to wish your peeps a happy Easter. Okay, so I just got like nine texts from my crew saying happy Easter. Thanks fam, real nice. Even though we're celebrating a little differently than we have in past years, that's okay. Easter is still happy. And that's not just because of Peep Wars or Easter baskets or chocolate bunnies, although those things are awesome. It's still happy because of what happened thousands of years ago at the first Easter. It's the world's most powerful story and yet it's so simple. So simple that it can be told with laundry.
1: In the beginning, God created everything. He formed people in his very own image. But then we turned away from God. Sin entered the world like a dark stain. Still, God loved us so deeply that he made a plan to rescue us at just the right moment. God sent his very own son, Jesus, to live among us. Jesus healed hearts and minds and bodies. Thousands gathered to hear him teach. Instead of giving lots of new rules, Jesus turned things upside down by making it simple. Love God, love others. After three years of traveling and teaching, Jesus and his disciples entered Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover feast. Huge crowds gathered to welcome him. But while the crowds cheered for Jesus, the religious leaders made plans to arrest him. He was turning their world upside down, and they wanted him gone. As Jesus celebrated the Passover meal with his friends, he told them that he would be leaving, but would return his friends didn't understand. That night, one of Jesus' followers, Judas, led soldiers to arrest him. The religious leaders gave Jesus a fake trial and then sent him to Pilate, the Roman governor, who could have him killed. Pilate found Jesus had broken no law and tried to release him. But a mob called for Jesus to be killed. Pilate gave in and handed Jesus over to the Roman soldiers. Jesus was forced to carry the heavy beams of his own wooden cross. On a hill called Golgotha, the soldiers nailed Jesus' hands and feet to the rough wood. The soldiers and people who passed by laughed and mocked him But from the cross, Jesus asked God to forgive them. Finally, Jesus called out, It is finished. Then, he died. The earth shook. Rocks split open. Even the soldiers cried, Surely he was the Son of God. One of Jesus' followers took his body and placed it in a tomb cut from the rock. A huge stone blocked the entrance. Jesus' friends were devastated. They had believed that Jesus was the one God promised, the one who would rescue them, but now he was gone. Their whole world had turned upside down. Jesus' friends stayed hidden in fear for three days, but early Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene, a close friend of Jesus, hurried to the tomb. She planned to anoint Jesus' body with special spices. As Mary neared the tomb, she saw the stone had been rolled away. The tomb was empty. Mary turned to see a man standing near. She didn't recognize him until he said, Mary, it was Jesus alive. Jesus told her, do not hold on to me. I have not yet ascended to the Father. Instead, go to those who believe in me. Jesus, God's Son, became like us to lay down his life. Through God's power, he defeated death for all of us, and sin was washed away. One day, he's promised to return, so we can live with him forever.
0: hear that story every Easter and it always amazes me. I mean God sent Jesus to the world to remind me that he is greater than anything that can go wrong in my world. The simple fact that Jesus came back to life is proof to me that I can face anything bad that happens. I like to think about it this way. I can because Jesus is alive. I can keep loving because Jesus is alive. I can be brave because Jesus is alive. I can have hope because Jesus is alive. Here's an idea. Take a few minutes and add to this list of things you can do because Jesus is alive. Answer this question as a family. How would you fill in the blank? I can because Jesus is alive. Pause the video while you discuss. When you're finished, meet me back here. I love conversations like these because remembering what God has done in the past helps me to trust him with what's going on in my life right now. now. I hope that's true for you too. And I hope you spend the rest of the day making happy memories with your family. To get you started, here's one last challenge. Now for this one, you'll need to decide who is the technology genius at your house. Maybe it's a step parent or an aunt or maybe an eighth grader. Either way, Decide who that person is now. Got it? Awesome. Now, as soon as this video is over, I want you to go outside and take a family Easter photo. You can be dressed up or you can be in your PJs. It can be totally normal with smiling faces or silly with one of those filters that turns your face into a bunny rabbit. No matter how you do it, take a family photo and make it awesome. Then share it to social media. Remember to use the hashtag Easter Jam 2020 so we can see your family's Easter style. Maybe now more than ever, this is a time to celebrate and remember God's faithfulness and the hope he gives us in Jesus. After all, that's what makes Easter so happy.
2: everyone and happy Resurrection Day. I'm Kim Richards and I'm a member at First Baptist Church Jackson and today I want to share three of the most amazing words you're ever going to hear. You guys know what those three words are? Finn,
4: Pippa, <laughs>
2: he is risen and we are going to share the gospel story today because in a world that's kind of gone topsy-turvy crazy with this pandemic, And all that we're facing, we want to share good news. And the best news ever is in the gospel. You can read the story in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we, this is Finn, this is Pippa, and this is Nori, three very special people. We're going to tell you the gospel story today using resurrection eggs. Egg number one. Who wants to open egg number one? Finn. Oh, wait. I promised Pippa. I did. What is egg number one, Pippa? A donkey. Can you remember anything from the story? Um, Jesus
4: told his disciples to go get a donkey, and then Jesus got a donkey and
2: it helped him. This was his last week in his earthly ministry, and people were worshiping him as the king, and they were laying palm branches and clothes down, and Jesus was riding the donkey over the clothes to show that he was coming in, in royalty and in peace. So he rode the donkey into Jerusalem. Number two. Can I open it? Ben can open this one.
3: Oh, <gasps> two golden
2: coins. One yes. of these disciples was named Judas Iscariot, and he betrayed his good friend and his savior. He betrayed him to the, to the chief priest to have him arrested for 30 pieces of silver. What is this, Nori? A cup. It's a cup. And Jesus had a very special dinner that he celebrated called Passover. And Passover actually symbolized when the children of Israel were brought out of Egypt. But this Passover, Jesus did something very different. And you know what that is? Uh,
4: yeah, I know what it is. And they would, like,
2: eat a piece of bread and pass it around. Right. This is what we do today to, to remember that Jesus did give His shed his blood And he gave his body for us. And so Jesus did a new thing during this Passover. He took a cup and he passed it around and he said, this is the new covenant of my blood that I'm giving. So do this in remembrance of me. And he took the bread and did the same thing and passed it around to show that he would give his body for us to be broken. Number four. I want to open it. Whose turn? I think it's Pippa's turn. And then I go. What is that (gasps) symbolize?
4: Went to the garden, people were following him, and then um, Judas um, um, took some people to go get them. And then they, they said, who,
2: Jesus said, Whom are you seeking? Jesus took his disciples to the garden to pray, and while he was praying, it said his sweat became as great drops of blood. And he prayed so hard that if it was God's will that this cup could pass from him, but he said, Not as I want God, but what you want. It's not a chicken, it's a rooster. Yeah. Because Peter had told Jesus, I will never, never <gasps> desert you, I will always I know, protect I know, you. I know that is um it's
4: when um God, God was about to be taken to the cross and he said, I will never I will never say that um then he went to like a fire because it was getting cold and um and people said hey you're jesus's friend right i don't know jesus and then he said three times and then the rooster
2: crowed and peter remembered and then he ran away crying you're right then all of that is correct G- uh, jesus knew Peter's heart, and he knew that Peter was going to be very weak, and in in a moment, he was going to deny him, but you know what, we all make mistakes, and we all, um, we do things that, you know, we, we shouldn't do, but God loves us, and he forgives us, just like he forgave Peter, so he did tell Peter, he said, you will deny me three times before the rooster crows, and that it's exactly what happened. You want to open this one, Nori? That's egg number six, and it has It has a whip because when they took Jesus before the religious leaders, then they were against Jesus and they wanted to hurt him. So they took and had him beaten with the whip. The Bible tells us that he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. So everything that Jesus did and went through for us had a purpose in it. Number, egg number seven, seven. seven? Pippa.
3: Sharp.
2: Sharp. What are those, Pippa? A
3: Jesus'
2: A crown of thorns. And the Bible tells us that soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it on Jesus' head. And that blood ran down because he was, he was wounded for us. And the crown represented the fact that he was the king. But they were making fun of him and mocking him and making a crown of thorns. Kings don't wear crowns of thorns, do they? They wear golden crowns. Well, everything that Jesus went through, he did. He, he went through it for us because he loves us. And he gave himself for us. Eight. Number eight. How do I do it. Uh, I think it is your turn, Finn. Claw. But what's the cross, what is what is these cross, what is it made out of?
4: Oh, it's made out of metal.
2: And out of, but what are, what are those called? Nails? hmm And where did they put the nails? Um, like on his legs. On his hands and feet. So they nailed Jesus to the cross and crucified him, and he hung there on the cross for the entire day. So egg number nine, is it Nori's turn or Pippa's? Nori, you want to open egg number nine?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What is that, Nori? Oh. Um, it's, a a, it's a spear. And soldiers in those days, they carried a spear. And the Bible says that.
4: Can I tell you that story? Sure, Finn. Um, well, they stuck a spear through Jesus' um, hip, they took it all the way to his heart. But when they pulled it out, blood and water
2: were on it. And then he was sweating blood and stuff. Well, blood and water came out, but Jesus had died, right? He, um, it showed that because they had to break the legs of the soldiers, but Jesus was already dead. And on the cross, he kept saying, remember what he kept saying to God? Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. The and court. what's in act number 10? <gasps> what is that? It's a rock. It's supposed to represent the strips of linen. And so they took Jesus' body from the cross after he had died, and he had a very good friend. He was a very wealthy man named Joseph of Arimathea, and he took Jesus' body. He begged Pilate to have Jesus' body, and so they took the body, and they wrapped it in strips of linen, and they prepared it as best they could because it was coming up on the Sabbath day where they couldn't do any work. And so they had to be finished with all of their work, and so they they had to hurry, and they put Jesus in a tomb, which leads us to egg number 11. Whose turn? More. Egg number 11. What's that represent, then? And it
4: represents the tomb that Jesus had did, and that's what we were learning about yesterday. And so um, it shows last night, um, um, like, like um, a week last night, Mary Magdalene went outside to see, uh, um, to see the the Jesus. Right, what had
2: happened to the to the stone that was in front of the, the tomb?
4: It went It was moved. And who does
2: the Bible say rode the stone away?
4: Jesus. An
2: angel did it. Oh yeah. There was a great earthquake, and the guards that were guarding the the tomb. They became like dead men. I think they now fainted or something. But anyway, they became like dead men, and then there were angels, and then these oh, women yeah. came running to the tomb to grieve. They couldn't find the body of Jesus because um. egg number 12. Whose turn? This is egg number 12. It's the very last egg in our resurre- resurrection basket, and it's Nori's turn. Nori, open egg number 12. What's in there, Nori? Nothing nothing. (gasps) What? You know what? Just like the tomb, it was empty because God raised Jesus to life. And he lives forever and he gives us eternal life and when we put our faith in Jesus just like that thief on the cross we get to, to live forever with Jesus. He gives us abundant life and he gives us everlasting
4: life you you guys
2: remember the verse that says for god so loved the world can you say it with me for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will never perish but have everlasting life the love of god is for everyone and Jesus' sacrifice paid the penalty for our sins so i hope that you will enjoy this resurrection sunday with your family And with your loved ones, and and though we're isolated from one another, uh, we have the Prince of Peace. God bless you.